Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Next at Microsoft podcast, a series of conversations about technology, innovation, and the future of Microsoft. My name is David Chen, and this is episode one Tech with Takei. Today, I'm going to be speaking with actor, author, and social justice activist George Takei. George Takei played Mr. Sulu on the original Star Trek TV series and in many of the Star Trek films that followed. Since then, he's also appeared in dozens of feature films and made hundreds of TV appearances. He's currently the host of Takei's Take, a YouTube series produced by AARP that explores the world of technology, current events, and pop culture. George Takei, welcome to the Next at Microsoft podcast. Thank you very much. Good to be talking with you. So, George, we like to begin every one of our episodes with a breaking in story. And it seems to me you started first becoming nationally known as an actor, whereas now you're kind of just well known as a general personality. So can you tell us about how you broke into the entertainment industry as an actor first? Well, I was a theater student at UCLA and a casting director from Warner Brothers happened to be in the audience. And he plucked me out of that play and plunked me into my first feature film, Edna Ferber's epic novel on Alaska. I played a Chinese cannery worker, and Richard Burton played an English immigrant cannery worker as well. And so breaking into the movies for me was kind of a piece of uh, cake. One week on location in Alaska and two months back at the studio, and then back to my classroom at UCLA. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. So... As of right now, you have over 8 million followers on Facebook. Yes, I just uh, reached 8 million yesterday. Congratulations. Thank you. We're over the moon. You're an institution (laughs) unto yourself, sir. And so I'm curious, you became well-known as an actor, but now you are a social media god. How did you go about attracting such a following? Well, I uh, had another project going, a project that I consider my legacy project, a musical drama on the uh, internment of Japanese-Americans titled Allegiance. Here we've invested a lot of our passion, our time, our talent, our energies, and our money into this project, and we had to raise the awareness of that chapter of American history, uh, and social media, I thought, was the best way to do that. However, my base audience at that time was essentially made up of... uh, sci-fi geeks and nerds, actually uh, Star Trek fans. And so I had to grow that. And so I went into social media with the agenda of, one, raising the awareness of the internment of Japanese Americans. And once that was accomplished, my next goal was to let them know that we've developed a musical on it titled Allegiance. And then once that was accomplished, to turn them into enthusiastic potential ticket buyers And we did succeed in doing that because when we had our world premiere, as we call it, at the Old Globe Theater in San Diego, we broke all box office records, 77-year record of the Old Globe Theater, and all attendance record. And now next year, actually, 2015, is going to be the Year of Allegiance on Broadway. That was the reason why I went into social media. So it seems like your social media presence has evolved dramatically since then. I mean, you're still promoting social issues, but you're talking about other things as well. So can you talk a little bit about how that evolved? Well, 
as I said, the audience was very small, and I had to grow that. And I couldn't grow that if I went right into a lecture on the internment of Japanese Americans. So by trial and error, I discovered that humor was our common ground, whether you're a sci-fi geek and nerd or someone that's just peeking in out of curiosity. And that started to grow my uh, Facebook likes and shares. And then the big success was Grumpy Cat. (laughs) Now, I'm not (laughs) grumpy, but people are always amused by people who can't see the bright side of life. And Grumpy Cat always sees things in a grumpy, negative, complaining, kvetchy way. And Grumpy Cat helped me really expand the audience. And uh, so now with humor... I've been able to grow it large enough so that I can inject commentaries on uh, campaign finance reform or other issues that seem a little finger-waggling but are important for Americans to be thinking about. I'm pretty sure that's the first time I've heard Grumpy Cat and campaign finance reform used <laughs> in the same sentence. So, first time. Well, <laughs> well done, we sir. will make sure that you'll hear, hear it again. <laughs> well done, <laughs> sir. So you've used online social media to raise awareness about a wide variety of important social issues. Have you ever seen your work impact the world in a tangible way? And if so, how's that played out? Like, Can you give us a specific example? Well, last year, the um, U.S. Supreme Court was having hearings on two LGBT equality issues. One was Proposition 8 in California, which banned marriage equality in California after the uh, California State Supreme Court ruled that it was indeed constitutional. And the other issue was for Massachusetts, where a lesbian couple who had lived together uh, for almost 50 years, one of the two passed away. And the surviving member of that couple was treated like a total stranger and taxed $332,000 for inheritance tax. It was so egregiously unfair. So she was suing for equity there. And at that time, we wanted to build the uh, support for equality. And the Human Rights Campaign launched a campaign to have their equality sign, the equal sign, in red and for people all over to use that as their identity. And it was overwhelming. It was enormous. It was huge. And uh, that created the social climate where uh, the Supreme Court felt confident enough to rule as they did. How did you feel when that decision came down? What emotions were going through you at that time? Well, you know, I spent most of my life closeted. It's a very uncomfortable existence, always being on guard. We can't let anything slip out, particularly because I was an actor protecting my career. And so when that was passed, and we had marriage equality in California at that time and Massachusetts, it was a joyous event. And I was in a partnership with my husband now, Brad, for 21 years. So it was both a sense of relief. I can set down my guard to totally be who I am and to uh, have our relationship legitimized as husband and husband. It was a joyous and long-sought event. So tell us about Takei's Take, which is your new YouTube series. You've been a part of so many projects over the years. What made Takei's Take stand out as something that you might want to do? Well, AARP, which produces the uh, series, 
approached me with the idea of talking about technology, innovation, and pop culture. And I thought it was a great opportunity because I have a Luddite sister who uh, I had to buy the iPhone for. She did have an answering machine, but she never played them back. And uh, so I thought, well, by giving her a present, I'll be able to keep in touch with her. But it still hasn't worked because when she goes out, she leaves it at home. And so this was an opportunity to demonstrate the aspects of technology where their lives would be so much more enriched. For example, we live in a global society now, global economy, global job opportunities, and many young couples are taking jobs abroad in London or in Tokyo or Singapore. And grandparents are losing out on that opportunity to watch their grandchildren grow. And particularly at a young age, they grow so rapidly. But if they had Skype and used that, then they could communicate with their grandchildren, even if they're growing up in Singapore, and be able to share their lives as they grow older and older. So I thought this would be a great opportunity to point that out to people of my generation. But fortunately, because of my social media following, I was able to get young people the uh, grandchildren of the original Star Trek generation to join in as well. So this was an opportunity to reach that vast demographic of millennials to the baby boomers. And we have succeeded indeed in doing that with uh, the Takei's Take. So you recently visited the Microsoft campus to film an episode of Takei's Take. Yes, indeed. What did you find interesting about your visit here? It was a real learning experience for me to see the things that are being done at Microsoft. I visited a place called The Garage, which when I first heard about it, I thought that was a place where the employees parked their cars. <laughs> but as it turned out, it was where young innovators gathered together as a team and worked on marathon projects. And one that particularly intrigued me was uh, what they did for... Steve Gleason, an NFL player who was immobilized in a wheelchair, could move only from the neck up. And in a two-day, mad, intense team innovation project. Yes, this was the Microsoft Hackathon team that figured out a way for him to both control his wheelchair and speed up the way he types with just his eyes, right? Yeah. What that does to completely change the life of someone who's totally immobilized it was a fantastical thing. And so to be able to know that the human inventive power, when it's working in concert as a team and intensely, can produce magical things like that that can literally change the lives of people was really exciting to see. Another thing I saw in the uh, garage was this universal translator, what we called the universal translator on the Star Trek. Skype translator, yeah. Uh, it's been compared to the universal translator in the Star Trek uh, TV series. Exactly, where uh, the person I see on the screen is in Germany and talking to me in German, and uh, it's automatically translated audially as well as visually in print on the screen. And uh, I can answer back in English, and uh, he gets my response uh, again, both. Uh, audially uh, translated and visually translated on his screen. 
overall, I mean, uh, did you ever think that you'd be seeing like a Star Trek technology coming, becoming real in your lifetime? There are all these things that are being developed that were unimagined on Star Trek. But one of the things that was imagined on Star Trek that I still earnestly pray for the early invention of is our transporter. <laughs> I travel a lot, go to a lot of airports and have to put up with all the nuisance and nonsense of getting on an airplane and spending hours seated. If I could only step on a uh, transporter pod and sparkle and pop out and a few seconds later sparkle at my destination and solidify and be at my destination, that device would be devoutly to be prayed for. All right. We, we will get our people right on that immediately. Have a garage hackathon. We'll have a hackathon. Develop the uh, transporter, please. <laughs> All right. I will let them know that you requested it. Um, <laughs> so, George Takei, we'd like to close out on the podcast with a recommendation from our guests. Is there a book or a blog or a movie or TV show that you've consumed recently that you'd like to tell us about? Well, the movie certainly is one that both Brad and I are enthusiastic about. It's called To Be Takei. We're, we're branding ourselves with uh, Takei on everything. And this is a documentary on my life. It starts from my childhood imprisonment in the U.S. internment camps. But it also traces my closeted life as I pursued my acting career. And having met Brad in a gay running club, and then our struggle for equality and finally getting marriage equality and our getting married. It's a fun movie as well, and Brad with his poker face, I think, is hilarious. <laughs> he really steals the picture, so that's the movie I would recommend. To Be To K is available right now on home video and video on demand. Yes. And I would highly recommend it. Well, you too. Well, thank you very much. Yes. George Takei is the host of Takei's Take, which you can find right now at youtube.com slash Takei's Take. George Takei, thank you so much for joining us today on the Next at Microsoft podcast. It's a pleasure. I've enjoyed chatting with you. You can find all of the episodes of this podcast at microsoft.com slash next. And to keep up with all the latest innovation going on at Microsoft, go to blogs.microsoft.com slash next. You can also email us with feedback for the podcast at next at microsoft.com. That's the word next, the at symbol, and then microsoft.com. This podcast was hosted and produced by me, David Chen, executive produced by Steve Clayton, Richard Eckel, and Kim Stocks, with technical assistance provided by Run Studios. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you guys later. Thank you.